This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Ben Sears at Ben Sears on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer at the minimum rate of $1 per month for an access uh, to for access to an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. And also at the $5 level, you get access to exclusive commentary tracks. And at the $10 level, you get access to all of that, plus early access to uh, future episodes um, before release and also... Um, unreleased episodes um on occasion so once again check that out patreon.com slash obsessive viewer i'm uh really proud of the stuff that we're putting out of over there and i'm hoping to really uh do more of that this year so so yeah so ben uh hi hello <laughs> how's it going greetings yes wonderful how's Great. it going it is going very well um we actually have a very special and unique episode for the uh for the listeners this time this week this time around um so this episode is going to be um kind of a discussion and breakdown of of the golden golden globe um award nominees for 2021's uh, golden globes which are going to take place at a certain date that i don't have in front of me <laughs> um but we're also going to be uh, including an interview that we just did with uh, the writer and director of the film The Swerve, which is currently available on Amazon Prime Video, Dean Capsalis. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that and check the show notes for timestamps if you want to skip to that and everything. But we're also well, – this is going to be a special episode essentially is what I'm saying. <laughs> a very special episode. Yes. Um, not like the very special Patreon episode I did where I just <laughs> talked about getting COVID. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so a um, lot of stuff to talk about. We might also do a, uh, a potpourri section later. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what what happens. But I'm excited nonetheless. So, Ben, um, first up, I think we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, first, how do you feel about the Golden Globes itself? And for context, usually around this time of year, we do a an Oscar nominee breakdown. <laughs> Um, but there are no, not, uh, no Oscar nominees because COVID and they're not being, um, um, announced until next month. So we're stuck with the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the dates, but I feel like at this point last year, the Oscar nominees had been announced Yep, definitely. and, uh, we, so we already knew what to look forward to and, mm -hmm. I, I know everyone else has said this already, but it feels like a million years ago that Parasite won. And, it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's now just – this is kind of the unofficial kickoff to award season, yeah. I guess, when the Golden Globes are announced. So, I guess, yeah. Uh, we still got over a month until the Oscars are mm. announced and then uh, two and a half 
almost three months until the Oscar ceremony. Jeez. So, um, Oof. It's going to be a long year. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we get the summer blockbuster season um, because theaters are definitely going to be open again by then um, and safe. <laughs> um, sarcasm. Drive-ins. Yeah, yeah. I, I will probably do some more drive-ins this year, I think. Yeah, me too. Maybe. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's it's something else. Um, but it's funny because I saw a tweet today um, from Devin Sawa, who uh, follows Tower Junkies on Twitter, not to brag. Oh. But um, anyway, he tweeted something about how when it's safe to go back to the movie theater, when like AMC is safe to go back to, he's going to go to a movie as soon as possible um, because he misses it and everything. And then like, I was thinking like this is for, for context, we're recording this uh, uh, February 4th, Thursday, February 4th, this Sunday <clears throat> is the 50 something um, Super Bowl. And what I've done in the past, not last year or I think the year before last, I don't know, but like occasionally on Super Bowl Sunday, I made a point to go like during the game or during like the pregame of Super Bowl, I would go to the movies to, mm-hmm. and see a movie because everyone's at home watching the Super Bowl. All like the chances of having the theater to myself is is very high at that point. And like I was thinking about that today, I'm like, fuck, I like I can't do that. Um, it's it's yeah. very true. I remember. My senior year of high school, when I worked at the movie theater, Mm -hmm. I got stuck with working on Super Bowl Sunday, Mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the most dead evenings I had ever worked there. So, uh, it's it's a good strategy. Yeah, that's where I saw um, Nebraska. Okay, Um, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Nebraska <laughs> doesn't have an NFL team. <laughs> right. Uh, Nebraska versus uh, Raising Arizona. Um, yeah. um, no, but I, I saw Nebraska Super Bowl Sunday at the movie theater. And it was me and, like, two uh, like two older people who, like, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it because this is, like, this is whatever. But, like, they were talking throughout it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm not going to be able to do that this year. So that sucks. But um, better luck next year, I guess. Um, yeah. So anyway, the Golden Globes were announced. Uh, the nominees were announced on, was that yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, yesterday morning. February 3rd. And we're going to kind of just run down them before we get to our interview with Dean Kipsalas. But uh, Ben, first of all, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the Golden Globes as an institution and the Hollywood Foreign <laughs> Press as a group of people that think the tourist was a comedy. Yeah. Uh, you, you kind of just said it all right there. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody really takes the globes super seriously. They all mm-hmm. know that it's just, uh, a gambit to get yeah. celebrities in a room together and give them free booze and see what happens. Um, so, to that end, I you you go into it expecting some weird stuff to happen. Yeah. This year was no exception, which we'll surely get into <clears throat> in a minute. But uh, it's I've seen and heard a lot of people getting upset, borderline angry about some of the nominations. And yes, mm-hmm. there is some that just don't make sense or are stupid, but I I don't <laughs> know if it's worth getting angry over. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, 
you got to set your expectations accordingly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's funny because like in the context of everything that's happened in the last 12 months, it's like, like I saw a tweet, um, a critic made uh, today that said something like, um, the whole, the whole year we wanted it to get back to normal and then we get, uh, (laughs) and, but now that fucking pedantic award season uh, conversation is back and now I don't, I don't care or something like that. But yeah. um, but like in the context of like everything that's happened with the pandemic and everything, it's like I don't I don't care if someone didn't get nominated or got nominated, yeah, in the wrong category or whatever. I'm like I'm it's not it's not as on my radar because I have so much other stuff on my mind. I'll feel differently <laughs> about the Oscars. Uh, those are worth mm. you know putting some some thought and effort into. So, I agree. It, I mean, it is the Super those Bowl are of more respected. Fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's kind of go through the Golden Globe nominees. Um, let's start with best motion picture drama. Kind of okay. the big dog of it. Um, the nominees are The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So Ben, how many of these five movies have you seen, and how do you feel about uh, about the nominees? Um, I in this category. I've seen all of them except for The Father. Nice. Uh, I don't think anybody that was not at the Toronto Film Festival has seen mm-hmm. The Father. Uh, or, I guess, the lucky ones that got mm-hmm. screeners. Um, but it's not out yet. Uh, mm-hmm. There are several that we'll be getting to that are not out yet. But uh, right. The Father is one of them. I've heard good things about it. So Yeah. Um, it <clears throat> That was one of the ones that... I got a screener for, but, um, yeah, a digital screener. Um, yeah, I, I got a digital screener for it, like right around the time I got COVID. And that was like, that was the time when I was going to sit down and watch just a bunch (laughs) of awards movies. But then I got COVID and and died. Um, so yeah, but I didn't see it, but I heard good things. I love Anthony Hopkins. So yeah. Um, yeah. How about Mank? I still have not seen Mank. Um, (laughs) In, I don't know what it is. I just, I, it seems daunting. I might watch it this weekend. I'm, I might, I'll, I, I think this weekend I'm going to make a priority to watch as many awards movies as I, yeah, have lost. Um, Mank <clears throat> is good. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't love it as much as a lot of other critics did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate it as much as, uh, from what I have heard, most of the people on Twitter did. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, from what I understand, there was just a huge, weird backlash to it. But yeah. uh, I I don't know. But I, I thought it was just fine. I mean, okay. I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I'll watch it again. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really accurately explain. Mm-hmm. Um, Mank is fine. I really liked Nomadland. Me too. Maybe a little bit less than you, but I still liked it a lot. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited to see that again. Yeah. Um, Nomadland, if only for Francis McDormand's performance, because geez. Right. Yeah, for <clears throat> sure. Uh, and that's that one. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast yet. It's coming to Hulu in oh, February. Yeah. I forget the exact date. That's right. I think, but. It's being, it was, yeah. uh, I think I shared that on Facebook at some point or you mm. did or something. 
but uh, it will it's doing like an HBO Max thing. It's coming mm-hmm. to theaters and Hulu the same day. So yeah. one day in in February it'll it'll be there. So if people haven't seen it yet or uh want to see it again, it'll be on there and it'll be easy to easy to find. Yep. Uh so it's uh the film will be uh, will debut in theaters on February 19th, 2021 after a brief IMAX run with a simultaneous day one uh Hulu release. So February 19th. Man, I <clears> wish <throat> I could see that in IMAX. Uh, you know, fucking me too. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Speaking of me too, promising young woman. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. So we have not talked about promising young woman, you yeah. and I, on the podcast um, yet. I, I loved it, and I, I, it's, I, it's gone a little bit out of favor with me in the in the ensuing months since I've seen it. But um, it is a very provocative and talked about movie like it did inspires some interesting conversations so right what did you think of promising young uh, woman i also liked it a lot nice. um i did <clears throat> not see it before the end of the year mm. uh but i think if even if i did i don't know if it would have made my top 10 okay but i i liked it a lot i really liked the cast in it i thought it was mm-hmm. one of the best casts of the year um nice top to bottom really um and there's really there was one plot development that kind of rubbed me the wrong way which wasn't a total deal breaker but still i i didn't really care for it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to talk about without going into huge detail um but we we can talk about that off mic but i uh yeah, I I still liked it overall. I uh yeah, there there's plenty more uh nominations for it and I'm happy for the ones that I got. Mm-hmm. Did you did you hear about that backlash that it got? That the not it got but the there was a there was a review in Variety, I think from back when it was at like Sundance last year, mm-hmm. um that resurfaced where the the reviewer said and I mean it's I don't know. I'm not going to say whether or not it was like the backlash was warranted because it's it's pretty gross when when you hear what the um, part is. But it's one of his issues with it, or one of his criticisms of the movie was that uh, was that um, Margot Robbie was um, a producer on the movie and wasn't the lead actress because, in his opinion, uh, Carrie Mulligan didn't look basically didn't look pretty enough. Uh, to inspire the uh, um, actions of of men in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I guess Carrie Mulligan, like, called attention to that in an interview or something like that, and then Variety, like, put a disclaimer on the reviews and, like, we're sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, that's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, it's very... Like, that's one thing that I just... I have grown so, like angry toward is not just like not just defaulting on defaulting to like oh yeah she was very pretty or she was very uh like attractive or anything like that's it's such a it's i mean it's not constructive at all but also the habit that i've seen people have of just critiquing just the appearance when it has nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie yeah um not necessarily like in this well i mean in this case 
whatever. But like, it just, I don't know. It just seems like such a, a pointless kind of thing mm-hmm. to raise. So anyway, uh, promising young woman. That's exciting. Um, so, uh, the trial of the Chicago seven is the last of the, uh, best, uh, motion picture drama, uh, nominees. Um, Aaron Sorkin, his movie, I, I, it was one of like, I watched it and then I was excited for award season and then it just kind of fell off. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it's fine. Um, how do you feel about the trial of Chicago seven? I <clears throat> didn't like it as much as you did, I think. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of formulaic, I guess. Um, it's kind of surprising to me this uh, these awards and the SAG awards, which I don't know, we can breeze through or just I, oh, I don't yeah. know. But those were announced earlier today. But uh, it's it's kind of interesting to look at. Just it it almost feels like Netflix is putting more weight behind this than like this and uh mank are are like their main horses in the race and uh yeah. one one thing that we'll get into in a couple other categories is uh the five bloods was one of the bigger more notable snubs mm-hmm. i mean it, it got blanked totally so uh wow i feel wow. like yeah like for the golden globes yeah really mm-hmm. i didn't know like it didn't get a single nomination not a one jeez okay um so huh. it's it's kind of interesting. It feels like Netflix is putting more weight behind Trial of the Chicago 7 than The Five Bloods, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks because I liked The Five Bloods a lot more. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think – I think it will probably be Nomadland regardless. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, could, see, I could see it going to Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Same here. Um, so this is uh, let's skip down to best motion motion picture mu- music or comedy. Um, I'll just read the uh, I'll just read the nominees. Uh, Borat subsequent movie film, Hamilton, not a movie. Uh, music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel feel about this group of nominees? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this one. Um. I I was texting with a friend of mine the other day and just mm. we were I I asked him if he had any predictions and uh I had mentioned like I don't I'm really interested to see where the musical or comedy categories go mm-hmm. cuz I mean besides Palm Springs and The Prom I had a hard time thinking of other comedies or musicals that came out yeah. last year or like you know Golden Globe caliber comedies. Mm. I know there were some indie comedies, but um, yeah, just those. I I would love to see the Google uh, stats or data or analytics or yeah. whatever be- behind uh, the number of people that Google searched music after this was announced. Because uh, yep, um. <laughs> I I like to think that I stay pretty well abreast of any music news or not me, movie news <laughs> uh, and just awards buzz and everything. But I had never heard of music. Uh, me neither. So uh, did you look it up? Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind enlighten, enlightening me? <laughs> so music is a 
movie directed by Sia, the singer. Oh, okay. Um, it's about, it's kind of like, like a Rain Man kind of thing. Okay. Uh, the letterbox plot description says, Zoo, a free spirit estranged from her family who suddenly finds herself the sole garden of, guardian of her half-sister, Music, a teenager on the autism spectrum whose whole world order has been beautifully crafted by her late grandmother. The huh. film soon challenges whether it is Zoo or Music who has a better view of the world and that love, trust, and being able to be there for each other is everything. Kind of huh. sounds like Rain Man, right? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I could definitely see you that. Um, so, uh, have have you seen it? No. Okay. It's it's uh it's another one that hasn't come out yet. I think it comes uh, out. Gotcha. Next Friday? Huh? Something like that. I oh. I am kind of curious to see it now, just to see <laughs> how how it is. Just, yeah. It it doesn't sound good. Okay, yeah, it, it seems kind of just out there. Um, are you familiar with Sia's music at all? Uh, Not her, the movie, but her, her actual music. <laughs> her hits, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, the ones that have been like on the radio or whatever, mm. I don't listen to her albums or anything, though. Okay, I mean, I really only know, surprise, um, really only know uh, the song that was used, in, her song that was used at the end of Six Feet Under, <laughs> like the like okay. the the famous uh, finale of Six Feet Under ends with a montage set to one of her songs, I think. Okay, yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> very happy to see Palm Springs on this list. Yes. Um, just I I adore that movie so much. It's it's so it's like a um a cleansing experience. Like it just it's <laughs> like the year of twenty twenty. And then you watch Palm Springs and it's like, oh, you're just, right. you're just, it, it takes away some of the grime. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what would be your pick, uh, for, for the winner for this? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to say Borat just because okay. like Sasha Baron Cohen and, uh, is it Maria Bakalova? That uh, sounds they were right. both nominated. So, uh, I, I, that's what I want to win. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of confidence behind that, but yeah. Um, can we talk about Hamilton? Yes. Like, I don't He's understand. He's the $10 <laughs> founding father, uh, without a father. Um, Oh God. Damn it. Son of a whore or something son like of a that. Whore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got a lot smarter and I already did this on the <laughs> podcast at some point, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Are they just allowing just any staged or filmed musical? That is now. That's a good question because it's, it's something that I, I didn't consider it to be a movie because it was a filmed stage performance. Like that's what it was. But on that same note, I haven't seen this, but David Burns, American Utopia, is that also a staged thing or how is yes. that structured? Yeah, it's okay. it's just like Hamilton. It was on Broadway okay. or off Broadway or it was a stage mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Okay. And it was filmed by Spike Lee. Uh and that's that's all that it is. It's just uh, a concert or musical or whatever. So okay. um it's it's the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have been much happier if I mean, Hamilton is, you know, it's Hamilton. Yeah. But 
uh, I I really enjoyed uh, American Utopia. Yeah, I I remember you speaking very highly of that, so mm-hmm. I'll have to see it at some point. That's another good palate cleanser. It's a feel nice. good movie. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think. Uh, Hamilton's gonna win. I loved it. Like, have you seen Hamilton now? At this, point? I just watched it the other day. Yeah. Okay. How'd you How'd you feel about it? Pretty good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, because it it was released. Oh, that's right. Because it was supposed to be released on Disney Plus, like in October. Right. But then they pushed it up because of the pandemic and everything. So, I mean, <clears throat> and we're recording this obviously in February. So, it's it's interesting that you know a lot of people who saw it when it was released they didn't have to like like in unlike the people those of us who saw it when it was first released you really just had to wait for it wait for it wait for it mm. um wait for it. that was such a long walk to something <laughs> that is just not gonna that did not pan out i i appreciate your commitment nice yeah. thank you um <laughs> yeah i because there's uh Lin-Manuel Miranda was nominated uh, for Best Actor. Um, I think... uh, No. I'm trying to find the supporting category. Um, Because the Globes does a weird thing with supporting where it's all one genre uh, uh, drama and... Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, Drama and comedy? Leslie yeah. Odom Jr. Oh, he was nominated for One Night in Miami. Yes, which I just watched today and really enjoyed. I've I've heard great things. I haven't gotten a chance to see it. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. On that note, best director. Uh, if you yes. want to scroll down there, absolutely. Uh, Regina King it. nominated for that. Yes, I've heard great things. Like um, and also I mean, three of the five nominees are are women. Yes, so that's awesome. Um, the nominees for Best Director are Emerald Fennel uh, uh, for Promising Young Woman, uh, David Fincher for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao, Chloe Zhao uh, for Nomadland. So how do you feel about this category? I'm pretty happy with it. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously Spike Lee uh, would have been a good pick for this oh, one. Yeah. Um, I don't know who would have to get kicked out for that though. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Sorkin. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be a good omission. <laughs> Sorkin or uh, or not uh, Spike Lee would have been good. Um, uh, Charlie Kaufman. Oh yeah, would have been, been nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh yeah, he directed my number one movie of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this this category is pretty. Pretty fine, I think. Mm-hmm. I th- my my pick, my personal pick. I don't know if she will win, but my pick would be Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a great director movie. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to shoot down to best screenplay? Yes. Uh, so the nominees are Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, and uh, no, Jack Fincher for Mank. Uh, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago 7, and Florian uh, Zeller and Christopher Hampton for The Father, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. How do you feel about this? And do you feel like the Golden Globes should follow suit with every other um, awards and do a separate original screenplay and adapted screenplay? 
Yes. Category. Okay. Um, but this this kind of speaks to the the Golden Globes whole thing about getting the most celebrities in there because mm-hmm. I mean, other than screenplay and score, there really aren't any like below the line categories. Yeah. I hadn't even I had forgot that there isn't even a uh documentary category there's no editing mm. or cinematography it's uh it's just That's right yeah okay hmm. so um of the nominees i'm i'm fine with them mm. I, I don't know i don't know what else i would have put in there in their place sound of metal had a good screenplay yeah um soul maybe i don't know yeah. Uh one one night in Miami screenplay was very good. Nice. Um but I don't know. Okay. Uh all of these I th- think are original. No, uh, no Midland is No Midland. Yeah. Uh I don't know about Trial of the Chicago Seven though. I don't know if that was based on a book. I wanna say it's original. Yeah. Um yeah. Um yeah, I I I'd probably pick uh Nomadland or Promising Young Woman, honestly. Yeah. Um I I would personally want to see Nomadland win because mm-hmm. just I I can't even imagine what that screenplay looks like just because yeah, it's so natural. It, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They use so many non actors and it was uh it's it's I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how they wrote it. Right. <laughs> same here, same here. And um I think we'll we'll do the acting categories, um, but before that, um, I want to jump over to uh, best motion picture foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, so here are the nominees um, from Denmark: Another Round, uh, Guatemala slash France, La Lor- uh, La Llorona, and from Italy, The Life Ahead, and from the U.S., Minari, and France and and the U.S. is Two of Us. Um, so Ben, of these nominees, which uh, have you seen any of them? I have seen another round and the life ahead. Okay, interesting. What did you think of another round? Um, I this is all totally my fault, but I didn't totally love it. Okay, and I think it's mostly because when I watched it, I just wasn't in a great mood. Oh yeah. So, um, I need to watch it. Again, under different circumstances, I guess. Okay. Because um, I, I couldn't really find anything at fault with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, for whatever reason, I didn't love it at the time. Okay. Interesting. I Honestly, I regret not putting it on my top ten. Because I actually really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. If only because, man, the performance from Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> just amazing yeah. mind-blowing performance he's great and i yeah. i have been a fan of his for a while mm-hmm. um yeah so and and the concept is really interesting it's about a group of of men who uh ex- who do an experiment to basically keep a consistent blood alcohol level of a certain of a certain um percentage, percentage um just to function. So it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of social experiment. And, and it's also a deep dive into kind of character and, um, 
functioning alcoholism <laughs> and the kind of like it's a it's an interesting um no i don't want to say no pun intended but no reference intended but it's an interesting dance that that the movie does um but yeah it i mean it's it's a really good movie i i really feel like i will come back to my top 10 of 2020 and reevaluate it at some point and be like oh fuck this, like half of these movies should have been different movies <laughs> but yeah i don't think you're alone on that one yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so you saw the life ahead. I, I didn't see it. Um, how, yeah, what is it? <laughs> it's, it's on Netflix. Um, okay. it's, uh, it's star. Yeah, I guess it, I could say it stars, uh, Sophia Loren. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, I don't know. Nothing, nothing great. Nothing bad to say about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. I I was I was looking back on uh my movie my 2020 movies watched last mm-hmm. year and I realized I didn't really watch a whole lot of foreign movies. Oh, um, interesting. And I I try to watch <laughs> I guess as many as I can but I just I don't know. I just uh it's not that I didn't have access to them. I just didn't get around to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I'm really excited to see Minari. It's a Um, very good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I could have gotten to that one before the end of the year, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it for sure before the Golden Globes at least. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I love it. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So the acting categories and we can kind of rapid fire some of these because, uh, uh, I want to get to our interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, so best, uh, let's see. Well, wait, first let's delay that a little bit further. Best animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, the nominees, the crudes, a new age onward over the moon soul and wolf walkers. Um, how do you feel about this crop of animated, uh, movies and why are you such a hardcore fan for the crudes too? <laughs> <laughs> crudes all the way. It's, <laughs> 2021 is a new age. Um, I'm I'm okay with them. I mean, obviously there weren't a ton of options. Um, I've seen all of these except for the Crudes. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Um. So I I really need to rewatch Soul. Yeah. Um. That's my pick. I I loved Soul. I I really it's another testament to Pixar's ability to create um, uh, simple entryways into very complex uh, concepts and constructs uh, much like inside out was. And yeah, I, you know, wolf walkers got a lot of love and I liked it fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And over the moon did not resonate. Like, yeah, didn't I, leave I, any didn't impression. Like, I didn't like, over the moon yeah. very much at all. There is one that I would have liked to see in its place, and that is called The Willoughbys. It's also on Netflix. I mean, okay. it's it's not fantastic or anything, but it's I liked it a lot better than Over the Moon. Mm-hmm. But uh, Netflix seems to be putting that. That seems to be their horse in this race. Yeah. Um. I. 
personally, I I liked uh, Wolf Walkers better than Soul. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. So, um, I will say the animation style was really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I I I did like Soul, um, but I liked Wolf Walkers better. Nice. Okay. Um, so acting, um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Um, probably should have done actress first, but anyway, um, best actor drama, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Tahar Rahim, The Mauritanian. Um, how do you feel about this grouping of nominees? Um, I... Like a lot of people, I'm sure, had never heard of the Mauritanian, uh, much less Tahar Rahim. Uh, no offense to him, but I I just had never heard of the film. Um, that's another one I think that still hasn't come out yet. So, uh, yeah, would have loved to have seen Delroy Lindo here. Yeah. Um, Although, would he be best actor or best supporting? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I could see him being a lead. Hmm. Uh, I could I could see the argument for that one. Yeah. Um, Mads Mikkelsen would have been cool. Yes. Uh, oh, or yeah. from what I have heard, Stephen Yun. Oh, yes, absolutely. He was nominated for a SAG award, I believe. Nice. So, um, Hopefully that bodes well for the Oscars. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Delroy Lindo also, by the way, not nominated at the SAGs. Um, the Five Bloods was nominated for Best Cast, but okay. not him individually. Hmm. Chadwick Boseman was nominated as Supporting, but and, and uh, lead for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Um, I don't... I Honestly, I, I guess Riz Ahmed won... Um, one of the awards just the other day. I, I don't remember which one. Hmm. Maybe the Gotham Awards or something. Okay. Uh, but he, he won. He's already won one of the mm-hmm. precursors. So, <clears throat> How'd you I, feel about his performance in Incredible. Sentimental. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is one of the best parts about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there will be a lot of push behind Chaswick Bozeman, and mm-hmm. I would not fault anyone for uh, same here that. um yeah so. like i feel like there is it, it's an it's an interesting um moment because uh, i kind of liken it a little bit to heath ledger and the joker um and the dark knight obviously not in the joker but um but there is something to the fact that like Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is is insanely good. Like it is incredible. Yeah. Um it's like on a completely different level. And I feel like with Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is his is his final performance and like it just it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. Yeah. So like I feel like they're I feel like some detractors might be like, well, uh, you know, they're, they'd only give him the award because it's a posthumous award and <laughs> because he died. It's like, no, I mean, that's a fucking, like, award caliber performance Yeah, any day of the week. Alive or dead. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's my pick. 
<laughs> yeah, I I yeah. hope either him or uh, Riz Ahmed wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would same. be happy with either one of them. Yep. Uh, best actress in a motion picture drama. Um, sure. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andre Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Um, very stacked category. Like, geez. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Pieces of a Woman. I haven't heard of the United States versus Billie Holiday. That's that's another one that still hasn't come out yet. Okay. It's coming out on Hulu later this month. Gotcha. I think like the 26th or something. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I mean, Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Three insanely good performances. Um, yeah. I would be very, it'd be very hard for me to pick. Um, well, not really. Frances McDormand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think she's, I don't want to say a lock, but mm-hmm. close to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think she's got a lot of, love in the industry so mm. i i can see her winning this nice. i i'd be happy with carrie mulligan winning too yeah me too um but i think it's still gonna be francis mcdormand nice um best performance by an actress in a musical or comedy uh maria bakalova uh for borat subsequent movie film kate hudson for music uh, michelle pfeiffer for french exit uh rosamund pike for i care a lot and anya taylor joy for emma um, how do you feel about this crop of nominees and which ones have you seen? I've, I haven't seen I Care A Lot yet or French Exit or Music as we said or <laughs> Emma. So I'm, I'm going to bow out. How do you yeah. feel about these nominees? I feel the same way. I, uh, I have only seen Borat. So, oh, wow. Um, I, I really hope that Maria Bakalova wins it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of based on the other nominations uh for Borat I kind of think she might I mean nice. Kate Hudson is just she's just a celebrity to be there right that's I, the only reason why she was nominated I think so I Granted, mean we haven't seen the movie but right and it hasn't really been on my radar that much um so I think that that's a fair assumption would have been great to get uh Kristen Milioti for yes. Palm Springs. Oh, God, uh, that would have been great. I mean Andy Sambert, we'll we'll get to that one. But right. Andy Sambert nominated. <laughs> um what were some other musicals or comedies that had actresses? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh sorry, backtracking. Um kind of bummed but not totally surprised uh the assistant and never oh, rarely sometimes always damn it both of those got totally blank yes uh, would have been great to see uh oh. screenplay mm-hmm. for either one of them or best actress yes uh or <laughs> director even but you know yeah yeah that's a bummer god because those were both amazing those yeah. Man, okay. <laughs> I think I I would have loved to have seen either either one of those actresses take the place of uh, Andre Day. Granted, I haven't seen that. P- Vanessa Kirby. Uh, I would have liked to see either one of them take their place. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I, I agree. 
Um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Uh, we've got Sasha Baron Cohen for uh, Borat's subsequent movie film, James Corden for The Prom, Lin Manuel uh, Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, not a movie, uh, Dev Patel for The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg for Palm Springs. Um, Dev Patel's great, and The Personal History of David Copperfield was okay. I, yeah. I mean, it was fine, but I mean, wasn't really on my radar, um, or didn't really stick with me. My unabashed pick for this is Andy Samberg because I just adore him and yeah. Palm Springs and Hamilton is in a movie. Uh, how do you feel about this crop of nominees? I agree. Yeah. Uh, the prom sucked. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Don't, don't watch the prom. It's a waste of time. <laughs> uh, James Corden is, I think he might even be doing an American accent in that. Oh, and wow. It's okay. Weird. Um, Honestly, I don't even remember a whole lot about his performance, so I can't really say whether it was good or bad, but he – I don't know. I mean, you like we said, you, what else would you nominate, I guess? There yeah. weren't a whole lot of mainstream comedies. Uh, maybe <laughs> the uh, American Pickle, the oh, Seth Rogen yeah. movie. That would have been fun. Yes. As much as I didn't like the movie, Pete Davidson and King of Staten Island would have been fun. Okay. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Like I said, the Lin-Manuel Miranda thing just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's not to say that it's not like a performance because like that, obviously Hamilton is just brilliant in everything. Yes. But it's the, it's a medium thing. It's like it's I don't it's a stage production. I I I can't reconcile that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you could make an argument that Let Them All Talk is a comedy, the HBO uh, Steven Soderbergh movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lucas Hedges is in that, and he's really great. Okay, uh, I would have that would have been a good nomination for him. But I, I, I don't know how the whole HBO thing works with uh, eligibility and all that. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, should we kind of round out with the best performing, uh, best performance by an actress or an also actor and a supporting role in uh, any motion picture? So, yes. Uh, best supporting actress, uh, Glenn Close, Hillbilly <laughs> Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Jodie Foster, The Mauritanian. Uh, Amanda Seyfried for Mank and Helena Zengel for News of the World. Um, so this group I'm going to also kind of bow out of because I've <laughs> only seen News of the World. Um, but I will say that Helena Zengel does a f- is is really is really good in this in this movie. Okay. The movie itself. I didn't know you had seen that. I I did. Um, didn't really care for it that much. Like it's f- it's fine. Um. I will say that one of the supporting actors is um, uh, this guy, Michael Covino, who uh, made an appearance on The Obsessive Viewer in, I think, 2016 at the Heartland Film Festival. So, Hmm. yeah. Um, Anyway, that's my pick. Um, How do you feel about this group? Um, Yeah, I mean, Amanda, I I think it'll go to Amanda Seyfried. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Olivia Coleman's an Oscar winner, so you can't mm-hmm. discourage that a whole lot. Um, Hillbilly Elegy is 
Hillbilly LG. I, I what, have heard nothing but terrible <laughs> things about that movie. And both her and Amy Adams were nominated in the SAGs. So, Jeez. Uh, if you're a SAG completionist, <laughs> watch that. <laughs> I, I feel... I feel bad making this kind of jokey threat um, <laughs> because I haven't seen the movie. But what if what if Hillbilly Elegy does a uh, does a uh, um, parasite sweep at the Oscars? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, I I will. I don't know. Mm. We'd have to throw a book at them that's green. Um, <laughs> Green book. Anyway, um, dumb. would have been great to see Tony Collette from. Oh my! I'm yeah. thinking of ending things. Uh, Damn it! That's the big one that I was thinking of. I keep like every time you mention something, <laughs> I'm like, like it's yeah, ugh, yep. I I'm the trying. Golden to, Globes were a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of other supporting actress performances uh that i watched anyway um and i don't know i i don't know yeah. what else there would have been hmm uh the grandmother of minari would have been good right um, I, there was someone that was not stephen young nominated at uh the sags okay so that might have been it hmm I don't remember the name. Nah. Hmm. Um, shall we move on to best actor in a supporting role? Yes. Okay. This might be the last one, I think. Um, so, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Jared Leto for The Little Things. Bill Murray for On the Rocks. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Um Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of the Chicago 7 is a stronger performance than his performance in Borat, I think. Hmm. Um, I would be happy with that. I have not seen The Little Things or Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. Is Judas and the Black Messiah, is that, has that been released yet or is that upcoming? Um, I don't think it has been widely released. Okay. It is coming to HBO Max on February 12th. Okay. And I will gotcha. definitely be watching that that nice. day, if nice. not that weekend. Um, okay. yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. So, um, yeah. How, how do you feel about this group? Um, I, I can understand Sasha Baron Cohen getting nominated for Trial of the Chicago 7. Out of all of the mm -hmm. gigantic cast for that movie, I can understand why he stood out. Mm -hmm. Um, personally, I think it should have been Mark Rylance. I liked his performance Me a little too. bit better. Um, or Eddie Redmayne even. Yeah. Um, Eddie Red. I, I don't know if I've really been able to articulate this that much, but Eddie Redmayne does something with his voice in the trial of the Chicago seven that is obviously he's, he's doing like an American accent. He's, mm -hmm. He's British, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's doing an American accent and he does something with his voice. I can't like, I can't articulate what it is, but it is like the pitch perfect tone and cadence and like just voice of like the college age um, political activist 
person of that era. Like it is like it is insane to me just how on point that is. And I I yeah, I don't know how okay. else to quantify it. Um Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked him in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, if it was up to me, this this whole category would be the cast of uh, One Night in Miami. But oh, nice. Um, I I am a little surprised now that I have seen it that Leslie Odom Jr. was nominated. I guess mm. he is the biggest celebrity of that group. Yeah. Um, but I had heard a lot of buzz for. Uh, his name's Kingsley Ben Adir, okay. who plays Malcolm X in mm-hmm. the movie, and his role is definitely—I mean, they're all fairly equal—but his role is, I feel like it stands out a little bit more, and that's a little—he has a little bit more dramatically to do. Okay. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Leslie Odom Jr. was the one that got picked out of those four. Interesting. Um, and who are the other two? I'm blanking. Uh, Aldous Hodge, right, and Eli Gorey, oh, who okay. plays Cassius Clay. Okay, and he's he's fantastic as well. I really liked him. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, Kingsley Benadire, I I think probably would have been my pick of those. Nice. Um, as for who's gonna win, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Sasha Baron Cohen, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I could I could see that. And I would I would be fine with it. I obviously that's kind of my pick, I guess. Right. <laughs> huh. Um I think that will do it for the Golden Globe nominees. Um do you have anything to say about the SAG awards? Not really. I okay. mean it is good that they like I said they they nominated to Five Bloods. Mhm. Uh I don't have the nominations list in front of me, but Okay. Uh I was I was okay with them. Okay. Um, to kind of break down the Golden Globes real quick before we end it here, um, uh, the most nominations uh, for a distributor was Netflix with 22. Uh, underneath that was Amazon Studios with seven. Um, uh, nominations by television dis- distributor. By the way, that was for movies. <laughs> this is for television was Netflix with 20 and HBO with seven. Uh, nominations, the most nominations, uh, by movie was Mank with six nominations followed by the trial of Chicago seven with five and, um, sure. Nominations for television series. Um, uh, the crown got the most with six and Schitt's Creek got five. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that will, uh, do it for this segment of the episode. We're going to go ahead and throw it over to our interview with Dean Capsalis, uh, the writer and director of The Swerve, which is available to stream right now on Amazon Prime Video. Um, and if you're listening to this in the future, there is uh, going to be a physical release uh, down the road, so uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to go ahead and throw it over to that interview. Ben, do you have any parting thoughts before we get to our interview? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, check out my top 10 list for 2020 yes. where you can... Read my summary of it. Yes, and go to obsessiveviewer.com slash Ben dash Sears uh, for a full archive of Ben's work on the website as well. And uh, and go to obsessiveviewer.com slash MadHurt2021 for all of my 2021 stuff that I'm getting a slow start on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, all right, well, here's our interview with Dean Kipsalis, the writer and director of The Swerve. Um, there we go. <laughs> 
Fear so bitter, death is hardly more severe. That's pretty intense. Yeah, Holly's a real gourmet chef, too. We knew who loved pie the most. get us kind of kicked off and and bring us into the yeah sure the episode? all right great and real quick um how do you pronounce your last name capsalis capsalis all right that was going to be my first question too <laughs> and that I was always, not going to be my guess i always get really what was your guess capsalis capsalis yeah that's okay it's like uh it's just uh you put the emphasis i i always know it's just capsalis so yeah perfect all right, so all right, I'll I'll bring us in then. Um, <laughs> hello, so this is Matt, and I'm here with Ben, and we have here today with us the uh, writer and director of The Swerve, uh, Dean Capsalis. Did I know that I already? I <laughs> no, just you did not. You did not mangle it. It was perfect. perfectly, perfectly <laughs> pronu- perfect pronunciation. All right, great. Um, so yeah, so we, we've watched your film. It's available on Amazon Prime. Um, again, it's called The Swerve. I'm just going to read just a plot summary courtesy of IMDb. Um, a woman with a seemingly ideal life battles insomnia, which is a pretty succinct and interesting, um, description for it. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome to the Obsessive Viewer podcast and, and thank you so much for your time and, and for, for meeting with us. Uh, thank you. Yeah. How are you doing? My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, I'm well, thank you. Uh, uh, very well. Uh, I think I think I wrote that synopsis. I mean, they needed a couple of different versions of it, so it was like, uh, here's one sentence, and mm-hmm. I, you know, you never know what they're going to use. But there was like a much there's different versions of it, so mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like the one we were cracking up at like <laughs> when we were writing it. Um, nice. But yeah, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Yeah. So um, let's just dive right in talking about the film. Um, I, I was looking. Is this is this is this your debut debut uh, feature? Yeah, feature, first feature. feature debut. Wow, Very congratulations! Cool. Nice, thank you. Um, yeah, and like when whenever whenever we talk to to filmmakers about that, like we cover some film festivals here. I'm always fascinated to know like the process. And this movie is super. It seems super ambitious in terms of just the narrative kind of structure. So how? Like, what was the what was the process like of getting it from script to screen for you? Uh, long. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, movies are a long process, and especially on first features, and it's sort of, um, uh, you know, you have to go through certain hoops to try to figure out how to do it and who wants to do it with you. And so, um, uh, it. I mean, overall, it was... Uh, once we decided that we were how we were going to do it, it was it, it wasn't that long, but um, you know, I went through certain script labs, and uh, you know, we talked to certain people, and you know, there were there was like uh, other people involved in the beginning of it, and they were like, "Oh, you're going to need X amount of money to do it," and it was like millions of dollars or something. We're like, uh, "Ha, no!" I mean, because <laughs> you know, I, I mean, we knew. Uh, I mean, just to make it all like succinct and short, we knew overall. I was like, "This is this is my first feature." Getting people convinced to 
be in your feature and how you're going to do it. It's like, yeah, I had some shorts to show them that I'm not, you know, of what I can do, but they're not, they were kind of unlike, they gave you an indication, but they were unlike the feature, you know, the feature is like quite a dark uh, ride. And, um, but once we did decide that, then things started to fall into place and, and, you know, we knew what we could do it for, et cetera, et cetera, where we were going to shoot it. And then, uh, you know, and then various people started coming on board. Nice. Do do you think, uh, do you think that you'll continue to make, uh, I don't know if, <laughs> if I would really qualify this as a horror movie. Uh, does that make sense? I mean, it's oh, uh, it's, not... it's the argument's been been you know going on. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, there's one critic who I'm you know kind of uh, become friendly with, uh, and he finds the whole conversation of not not just my film, but there are other films of what qualifies as horror. Mm-hmm. He finds it rather very boring, and uh, <laughs> the intention was there. It's like you know whatever you want to call it, if it's a psychological drama, a psychological thriller. A uh, horror film, a character study, uh, a straight-out drama, you know, yeah. it, it's sort of like, to me, horror is progressive, mm-hmm. as are movies, and I think we've come we're, to a point in, in, you know, in films that, uh, where they blend back and forth. And so, um, I mean, it's not a traditional horror film, no, but I knew that going into it. Right. To me, it's a true horror film, because of, of what what the theme the themes are what the focus is of how how the film progresses it's a true horror film i mean yeah. people you know i i you know get very freaked out by it or, or or upset by it they use words like brutal and this and that and it's sort of like well to me that's that's horror that's mm-hmm. really yeah. that's that's a horror film Absolutely. but but it doesn't follow a traditional avenue of what you think horror is it's not you know it doesn't have outright supernatural elements if you think of horror like that then no it's not a horror film um, no one's getting stabbed to death in the film. Mm-hmm, you know, right. if you think of horror like that, but there are plenty of non horror films where people are stabbed to death too. And you don't consider them horror films. You I, know? Absolutely. Um, I thought of it initially as kind of a more grounded, uh, hereditary almost. I was just going to say, uh, I mean, without, you know, the floating people on the ceiling and the, <laughs> the satanic cults or whatever. <laughs> really? Um, Really, I, I've had I, a few. I've had I've heard comparisons to that I didn't see Hereditary until I was, I think, probably editing uh-huh. at that point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see. There's a bunch of films I hadn't seen or stayed away from, or just didn't mm-hmm. have a chance to. But I've heard comparisons to it. I, I think it's a great movie, Hereditary. Uh, so thank you. It yeah. it kind of feels like uh, in the, like there's at least in terms of genre movies and and horror movies. Uh, as of recently, at least, um, that there's kind of a rise in this kind of cerebral and emotional kind of horror. Like that's something that resonates with me a lot, like in, like in your film and in movies like hereditary and midsummer and, um, other recent ones that it's just more, it's less about like outright scares and outright like shock factors. It's more character based and character just studies. So mood and mood intent, like escalating tension and everything. So, (laughs) On on that note, can you speak to some of like your influences, or did you like? Was there a conscious um, effort to create that tone in it? Uh, was that like the priority, or was it more character, or how did you approach the film? Uh, all of the above. 
I mean, the approach, it was, it was definitely the, the aim. I mean, the, uh, it was all, it started from a character. It was all character based. Uh, the film never deviated from the screenplay. I mean, the, the shooting of it, we never deviated from it. Um, you know, in a, in a small budget like we had, you just, you know, you really can. And I was adamant anyway. If somebody went offline, I actually corrected them. Uh, it was like, you know, um, it wasn't because of like a, a ego. It was like, no, we have to say it was because the film has to sort of fall like a set of dominoes in, mm-hmm. in a certain way. So yeah. all the lines were intentional. And so they had to, it had to go a certain way. So if something was pulled out, it wouldn't, it just, you know, it would screw things up. Mm-hmm. Um, the influences were, yeah, it was definitely intentional. It was all based around Holly. It was all based around the character. It started off from a thumbnail sketch I did of her and, uh, built, built the film around it entirely. Um, I mean, I knew the aim of what I was going for. It wasn't like I just thought of the characters, oh, I'm just going to make a film about this. I had something in mind and the characters sort of came out and I, I started to, you know, uh, play around with who she was and what was going on. And, you know, um, and I think those were the very, the very early elements was, uh, were, uh, Holly, uh, you know, with a gun in a supermarket and, uh, um, but in my mind, though, I'd already started thinking of, of this idea that I'd had. And I, I'm just, a, you know, I thought of it like a haunted house of the mind kind of thing. Nice. You know, where uh-huh. this is where mental illness really is, you know, mm-hmm. and I wanted to give that essence, like that, that mood of what it's, you know, a little bit, you know, fever dreamish, you know. Uh, and, um, and I didn't want to do it in a way that I'd seen done before how uh, mental illness is portrayed uh, through sort of like a, a sort of a audio design, you know, like audio design where, where you know, or, or Dutch angles or things like that, that right. I, I don't think are really true, mm-hmm. you know, to, to mental illness. So I wanted to say very grounded like that, but also give you the sense of, of, a, uh, of a, a dreamlike reality, if that makes yes. sense, like a grounded dreamlike reality. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Something that struck me about it was just that exactly that dreamlike kind of quality to it, because it's so the the narrative structure is so just bouncing from different <laughs> different like times. And you're not really ever sure what's what's like what's actually going on or when it's going on in terms of like Holly's kind of cr- chronological time timeline. And that's something that I thought was really uh, well realized in terms of displaying just that mental state that she's in and that fragile mental state. I think that that was a really, a really interesting choice and at a kind of, uh, visual narrative level. So I don't really have a question for that. Just, I thought that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's easy to lose people with, uh, a structure like that, but Mm. I, I followed it very easily. Yeah. Like you thought it was confusing or that there was a, like, I, I just I I didn't give it away in terms of exposition or I wasn't I felt like it was more just an extension of her um grappling mm-hmm. with with whatever her reality is or whatever her disorder that she was experiencing was right. was that like as she kind of wakes up and it's like completely different from where she was in the scene previous to that like we're just as disoriented as she is and i thought that that was really powerful in terms of just bringing us into her her fragile gotcha. mind state you mean in the beginning the opening yeah yeah yeah. oh uh she is already awake hmm. remember or or 
think back on it. Uh, that's actually a good point, but mm-hmm. she's already awake. Uh, so that's very important. Okay. She's, yes. She's, yes. She's not asleep gotcha. when, when we see her in bed. <laughs> That's, that's, you know, I'm giving something away there, but if you think about it, it's intentional. <laughs> it really is. So okay. we would be remiss if we didn't talk a, at least a little bit about the ending mm-hmm. um, and without spoiling anything. Um, did you, uh, was, was the ending that you see on film the original ending that you had written or did it go through any any kind of rewrites or did you have an alternate ending or were, were there any like studio notes? Uh, Uh, there was no studio involved. So no. And you mean in terms of like the final shot or just like the final minutes of the film? How it ends? The last few minutes. Yeah. The, the uh, it was, it was scripted. The shoot really drops. There was no alternate ending. Okay. Yeah. Did you have another one in mind before you had written it down? Uh, well, I went through many drafts. I think the early drafts of it, uh, actually come to think of it, there was a writer, uh, this is early on, this is year, a couple of years before. Um, you know, I had a, I had the scenario worked out in a way where you knew, where I knew what was happening, you know, well after the events you saw. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it, it didn't end like that because I was just, trying different things. It was more melodramatic. I think it was just playing around with things. And But it was an early draft. And so this writer I was working with, a, a, a woman writer, a very excellent woman writer uh, from Australia, and I'm not going to attempt her accent, <laughs> at least not without a few beers. Mm-hmm. She uh, she knew the direction I wanted to go in. And part of the, the lab, which was like a long uh, lab, it, was a, it wasn't, it was like months long. And she uh, she said, I know where you want to go. And you should aim for that and, um, you know, without giving anything away. And, uh, I did, you know, uh, I ended up doing that and just sticking with it. And no, and once I did it, then the producer was like, you know, tears sprang to his eyes and he was like, this is perfect. This is it. Yeah. Everybody knew it because if it was going to end any other way, because this conversation has come up before in, in various other interviews and such, and it was like, or actually at film festivals, and they were like, "Well, if we did do it that way, if we got the husband, uh, ahem, more involved, you know, mm-hmm. well, then what's the point? I mean, the real tragedy, the real horror is is to end it as it as this, you know, yeah. because you know, a big influence on the film uh, was uh, were tragedies in, in, in literature, Greek tragedies, Shakespearean tragedies. I mean, I point to it really directly in the, in the movie. It's like yeah. they give you a big wink and tell you this is where the movie's headed. Mm-hmm. And if you miss it, well, that's your fault. And that's cool <laughs> if you miss it. But if you don't, this is where you're going. So don't look at it like it's, you know, like you're going to be that shocked, even though people are really shocked by it. We, but we I, just, I just enjoy, and I put a lot of those things in the film, you know, that, that people pick up on, like, did you mean to do this? Did you mean to do that? You know, and I, I just put little things around the movie. Like, if you know it, it's great, you know, that I point to a certain book or movie. But if you don't, then that's cool too. But, um, yeah, it was like, I'm a big fan of those. And I, I wanted part of the process of making, uh, uh, I just wanted to be true to it. You know what I mean? I wanted to be true to, to stories like that. And I also wanted to, to to hit people hard with it. I mean, that was I knew it would, you know. Yeah. Um, 
maybe not quite as hard as I did I, because in some places I think I really hit them pretty hard, but, but you know, Hey, it's my first movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And it's, it's a very confident first movie. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I know, Thank you know, you. when you, you, you never know if you'll even get a chance to make, uh, another one. So might as well do everything you're thinking of doing, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> just another appreciation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. But, uh, yeah. Actually, kind of on that note, are you? Uh, do you think you'll continue to make movies kind of in this similar pseudo horror kind of genre, or do you do you want to try something different? Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, but I I do like things that are you know that are intense mm-hmm. and grab hold. I, I just really, I, I, it's just where my, that's what my thing is. Sure. I mean, uh, I, am good at it. I enjoy it. It's what I like doing. Um, I, I don't, I think they're going to be, it's going to be different. I mean, I'm working on something that's different, but yet you'll know it's from me, but it's quite different. Awesome. Um, awesome. and, uh, and if I end up also want to work on, I'll probably end up working on something that I didn't originate, mm. you know, that I'll be working on somebody else's either script or a book, you know, that I can adapt that'll, you know, probably, but I'm, I'm just attracted to those things anyway, you know, to something that, you know, I think there should be like a purpose behind what's being, you know, for, and a reason as to why you're telling, why I should tell something, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just from that sort of school, you know, that there has to be, you know, I mean, you've kind of, everybody's seen it all before, you know, but I, I just think, you know, I, I'm just going to try to do it just a little bit differently, a little bit better, maybe, hopefully. You know, that's what I aim to do. So, you know, but I, I, I like staying in that, uh, you know, either genre blend or, you know, I would love to do a straight-out genre, you know, like a, a, a supernatural, you know, or ghost story or something. Yeah. But again, it, it would it, it, it has to be, you know, just a little bit different, yeah. something special about it, you know, cause I've already been reading things and they're like, well, you know, why? Like the, what's the reason, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so how did uh, I, and I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to butcher her name, but Azura sky. No, no that's um, good. Azura, it's a, it's Azura like the, Azura. Like the stone, it was like a yeah, azure. I, I read okay. or, or, or the color after a stone. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's what she's named. She's named like her parents were uh, gemologists, and they named oh. her after. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. how did she come aboard the project? And like, how do you feel about <laughs> just striking gold with her? Because <laughs> yeah, her she's, performance, uh, she's fantastic. Yeah, uh, she came on board from the. Uh, it was a long casting process. And, uh, she, casting director, uh, you know, said, would you be interested in, in her? And I didn't know her. And the producer is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. So she played this apparently really memorable. I saw it. Her name, the character's name is Cassie and, uh, Cassie Newton. And, uh, there's like a cult around this character. <laughs> and so, um, I'd, I'd seen her before, but I wasn't really that aware of her acting style or such but so she submitted an audition and she was she was really good and uh the producer and i watched it independently to not influence one another and then we came together and said she's great 
And then we spoke and, uh, she had like the right sort of, uh, voice and attitude. And she's very, she's completely different, of course, in the character. She's nothing like the character at all. <laughs> right. Um, but I liked the way Big when we part. talked, I liked what she, how she sounded and, and we, you know, we spoke about things and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't tell her to watch anything. I don't think I, I didn't want to influence her like that at all. I so said, you just, you know, you will listen, you'll talk to me. It took her a little time to gain my trust, uh, when we were working together. Cause she was like, cause it's a, it was a very, it's a challenging role, but she started to, you know, trust my methods and, and, uh, get into the swing of it. But I, in order to get her, you know, she, she wanted like, in order to get her into that state of mind and what, how I was shooting it, I think she was a little bit mystified at first. And she was like, why are you doing things that way? And I would slow her down a lot, you know, and I said, you can't like you, the camera we're shooting in this ratio. You're going to, your head's this big. So all you have to do is move a little bit this way and stare here. So everything was sometimes very, very precise and specific. And then she got the rhythm of it. And, uh, she was really, it was fun. You know, the atmosphere was light. You know, people are like, oh, it must have been so horrible and intense. <laughs> and, and we did interviews together. She's like, no, it was really light and fun, generally pretty fun. You know, even though we were moving quickly and it was like, you know, kind of intense and because we we're moving fast, but it was very light. You know? She, uh, I, I love the way uh, she just does so much without even doing a whole lot. There's... Yeah. There's the early scene at her parents' house when they're sitting down and talking. And, <laughs> yes. uh, the the sister is like egging her on and telling the story about the pie, and the almost the whole time the camera is trained on her and she's just mm-hmm. you can just see her just kind of like seething with this rage without even really you know making any movements or doing yeah. a whole lot physically, yeah. but you can you can see that on her face. Yeah. Yeah, we we really uh when when I was editing, I uh I I let that go in the cut very uh-huh. far. I wanted to just sit on her. And in fact, in one of the cuts, I just almost let it sit on the entirety just on her. And then we we kind of switched it around and balanced it in a way. You know, we did yeah. many different versions of it. But yeah, I I really enjoyed shooting that sequence tremendously. She was a lot of fun. And we told them, you know, I told her exactly what I said, you know, the camera's going to be going here. We had Ashley, who plays her sister, Claudia, giving the lines off screen, you know, her scenes. And then, uh, you know, I said, we went through like what she would be feeling, Azura, as Holly. And then Mm -hmm. she, you know, she was just great. She she just uh, yeah. She really embodied that, and she's got a background uh, as a dancer too. So in some, when I found that out, we kind of incorporated like her movements, the way she would move across the, the yeah. screen. And, oh, interesting! You know, like a ghost almost. Like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, wow. it, it, I I see that now. Now yeah. that you mentioned that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what was the toughest thing to shoot? Because I mean, like you have. <laughs> There's at least a one uh, scene with a with a with a rodent. Um, I can't imagine you know animal stuff being done. easy. Easy. Oh yeah. That that sorry. I was gonna say that shit was easy. It was. <laughs> it was that stuff was easy. Okay. That stuff was comparatively easy. Okay. What do you think was the hardest? You thought the hardest was the stuff with the rat? No, I'm gonna say the hardest was probably the uh, car scene. Yeah. Um, which car scene? The, the logistics of it. The, the, um, the titular swerve. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're coming up beside her. 
No. Really? No, it wasn't. No. Okay. That stuff was not that. That stuff was a lot of fun. I mean, it was like, uh, uh, it, it really wasn't that, um, no, cause we already had it. We had it worked out. What the hardest stuff was, believe it or not, um, it was, and he's a great kid. It was with the son. Okay. Uh, yep. the older son, because it was his first, uh, his first film. And it was one of the first scenes that we shot. And he was really, really nervous. Mm. And he's great, but uh, it took a lot of effort before we shot and then joined to get him warmed up. Uh, so for me, yeah. that was the most difficult thing to shoot. Okay. Everything else, you know, people, uh, there were questions about like all the stuff that are the most intense scenes, mm -hmm. the most emotional scenes. For me, are, are like, because the actors are so good uh, and they were so gung ho to do them. You know what I'm talking about, like the really intense emotional moments. They really enjoyed those. And, and for me, it's like really easy to direct scenes like that just because they're such pros and I'm very specific in, in how I wanted the scene played. So, you know, so they, they were great, but the stuff that, that was probably the, the hardest. And then shooting stuff outdoors is often difficult too oh, yeah. because mm -hmm. of sound, mm -hmm. but. You know, because, you know, you're always under a time crunch and then suddenly a military helicopter would decide to just <laughs> oh, fly yeah. overhead. You know, <laughs> so that stuff was always like beads of sweat, yeah. you know, would come down my head. And, and then shooting places like in the supermarket because you're, you know, we have a finite amount of time yeah. in the location. And then before they say, okay, we've got to let the public in, you know, and then suddenly, you know, the doors open and you've got to shoot all that stuff, et cetera, yeah. you know. There's a lot of things to take, like when you're shooting in big places like that, you have to think of things ahead of time, like trains running, air conditioning, you know, mm -hmm. air conditioning units, right. yeah. things like that. The the whole movie kind of filled me with uh, dread because uh, I also have two boys and they are, oh, you do? They are similarly uh, spaced in age as the really? two kids. They're not <laughs> teenagers yet, but... Uh, it made me dread the the day when they become that age, and uh, <laughs> uh, made me cringe a little bit. I mean, I I don't like to think that I wasn't that bad with my my parents, but uh, <laughs> I I will fully admit I should have been nicer to my parents. Oh, uh, uh, well, you so know, I, I, um, I praise you for your accuracy with teenagers and how they were written. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, having been one myself, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it was pretty easy for me to think in those regards. But then again, you also have to consider that it, it, it's um, uh, not reality, of course. Yes. But um, you should not try those things at home. Uh, <laughs> but... It, it was really terrifying to me that things like that do happen. And yes. oddly enough, when I was writing the early drafts of the script, or even, I mean, later drafts, the I, I kept hearing, reading, seeing news items on similar events. You know, mm. moms or dads, or, uh, you know, participating in like horrible, you know, doing terrible things for families. And it was yeah. like, 
it was like really shocking. So I became interested in that, uh, uh, in like what I've always been interested, I suppose, in, in things like that, which is kind of macabre, but like what pushes people to that, you know, to do things like that. Because to me, it's so unfathomable to, to, yeah. to act, to see it, to see it in a movie, to read it in a book is one thing, mm. but you know, reality is a whole, you know, it's a whole different fog. And that's what I tell people is it's not real folks, what you're seeing, however dread inducing a movie can be, you know, or a book, because that's, that's part of the success of it. And so I really appreciate that you felt that, uh, but it's not, it's not real, you know, and, 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 but when you read these stories happening, you know, true crime, I mean, that stuff is like terrifying. Somebody oh, yeah. recommended mm-hmm. to me the other day, uh, a show on Netflix called The Night Stalker and I haven't watched it. And they're like, oh, you'll love it. And I'm like, ah, oh, I, <laughs> you know, I, I read about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, people ha- have done and still do things like this. And I, I think it's like what makes them tick what pushes somebody to that event? Now, like, there's such, you know, no one would have expected it. They're such wonderful people. They're so quiet, et cetera, et cetera. You know, meanwhile, they end up driving their car off a ravine with their kids inside or something, and, right. you know, or something. It's like, what what happened? To me, that's very interesting in, in terms of a, a, a narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's something I really um, respect about the film is because it is entirely through Holly's perspective and you're kind of, you're, taking us through her daily experience and everything leading up to a, a very, a very horrific ending just for a lot of people involved in everything. And it's, it's a, a, a tight rope to walk, to have us follow this character and bring us inside this, this mind, this very troubled mindset. It's just something I, I really appreciate about the film. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you, you get such a, a good, look into her mindset especially mm. early on uh it's there's there's not even a whole lot of dialogue it's just all this routine for for her you know mm-hmm. driving the kids to school being ignored by by the kids and the husband um and and you really you you get on her side very easily oh yeah. really okay well I'd, I'd hope so you know i guess i never really thought of it like that um I'm glad I didn't because, uh, I mean, there were, there were more and I think I just cut it down. We had more situations like that and we just thought like, well, you know, what do we keep? What do we take out? Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of like that, that I was interested in that kind of, uh, I, I guess I had enough trust in the material and then in the actors and knew that it would build up enough and that it would hopefully keep people's attention mm-hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. be on her side. And that was one of the things that, you know, Jorah definitely brings to it is sort of that, that fragility and, and, uh, uh, and then it ends up sort of like you could, you could just feel that sort of anger bubbling just underneath her, you know, and that yeah, it definitely. sort of comes out gradually. And so I really, that was my job too, to sort of, you know, sort of keep it on that balance and and pace and know when it should come out when it should you know because if it comes out too soon then you're letting you're letting the cat out of the bag too fast and then you know so it, it's definitely it's definitely a process you know it was definitely a, a nerve-wracking for me um you know when you're making a movie because you're shooting it out of sequence and so you have to keep that although with this film we did shoot it 
much of it in sequence as well, you know, to keep for the actors, you know, to keep that, that sort of, uh, build up. So they knew, you know, um, what was going on. It was better for her performance. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time or anything. Oh, it's um, fun. Yeah. Any, uh, le- last quiz. Yeah. Last question. No, ask me whatever you want. Uh, awesome. what's your favorite flavor of pie? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love apple pie. Uh, I also love cherry pie. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It just depends on the mood, mm-hmm. but apple pie is pretty great. I would say those two, apple pie and then sometimes cherry pie will just, you know. Just Next time you come to Indiana, uh, try the sugar cream pie. It's uh, it's, it's <laughs> apparently what we're known for. I don't know. <laughs> sugar, uh, just sugar and cream? I, I guess like, so. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't think a I've custard? ever had like it. A, like a custard or something? I, I guess. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever had it, but it's apparently like our state you know, pie, our <laughs> official state pie. You're, you're recommending something that I've, uh, they've never, I mean, if, you've never had. Okay. It's All right. the, I'll, the official I'll, I'll state pie. Though. So I guess uh, it, the will of the people has uh, spoken. Okay. No, that sounds good. Um, probably blueberry, but you know. Blueberry. Okay. Blueberry is great. I don't think there's, there's any, uh, any particular one. Uh, yeah, I, I, you didn't even ask me, but it, which is okay, but it just sort of thought of it like, you know, it wasn't because Apple was my favorite, mm. why it's in the movie, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, I had a feeling it might have been, it, 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 it just fit narratively. The producer loves, uh, uh, apple pie too. And those are hand baked apple pies in the movie. Oh, they, nice. uh, they, they looked minus, amazing. Yeah. Minus the secret ingredient. You know? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the art director made those, with, you know, rolled out the crust. And okay. Made they them. are usually the, the prettiest, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were really good too. The, the cast, nice. they love them. Nice. We would all, we would all try it. The actor, uh, Jura loved them. You know, she was she was really very, <laughs> very into it. Come to think of it, she was, it was great. It was great shooting that stuff. I, I have nice. heard a lot of actors say that the hardest thing to do is eating on camera. So mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, she she eats a pretty healthy amount of pie there. So <laughs> you know, um, it, it wasn't as much as you think. I mean, because we didn't. You know, I'm not. Uh, uh, I didn't have to do that many takes you're, the, you're talking about right. like the, the 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 scene where she's eating it's you know it's one take right so uh, when she's eating the pie it's just like you know until i dissolve like much later right, but right, it's right. for the first like yeah. i think it's almost two minutes it's like the camera is just one shot moving uh-huh. on a you know on a uh we're just slowly moving on a dolly going forward on her so she's eating just one piece of pie and i don't think i didn't i only did a maybe two or three takes at the most of that. But, oh. you know, because she just got it. She knew exactly what, you know, we yeah. talked about it ahead of time. We just checked it. And, uh, you know, she was just like, I mean, she's a pro. She's been acting since she was a, since she was a kid. So, you know, she knew what I would do. She knew what I was doing. She trusted it. And then, you know, just went with it. Great. So it wasn't that much pie. Sorry <laughs> to give you such a long, long, long story there. Well, left off, left, uh, left over more for the cast and crew to pig out on, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they ate it all. We had we had good food. We, we had a lot. It was Virginia, so they had, uh, you know, we had like, oh, they had tons of stuff, rice pudding and, nice. you know, the catering Excellent. was good. We made sure everybody was fed well. It wasn't pizza. Okay. So, it was just like, you know, sometimes nice. wings, uh, you know, whatever. We were good. We were very, <laughs> we were very good with all the cast and crew. It was hot. Awesome. It was in the summer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what what's next for you? Do you have anything coming up in in the pipeline or anything? Uh, I'm working on something right now uh, that is a coming of age uh, set in a high school kind of mystery ghost story. Okay, wow, okay. yeah, very cool. That sounds awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, excited we'll for uh, what you have coming up and. Uh, everyone else involved, Azura and uh, everyone. It's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Was that a? Uh, I didn't quite hear you. Uh, I I said I'm uh, I'm excited for what you have coming oh. up and Azura oh. and everyone involved. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I think Azura's waiting to get. Uh, you know, she's in L.A., but you know, everybody's waiting for the pandemic to like yeah. kind of yeah. be over and yeah. you know, or, or like especially. A lot of actors really are, you know, they're yeah. waiting for, for that to sort of come to a close that we could get on with the world. Yeah. So, Hopefully yeah. Hopefully it happens soon. Yeah. Best <laughs> yeah. Of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any social media or anywhere that people can find you online or? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I think I'm not the biggest participant in, in those, but you can definitely find me and if you're interested and, you know, people make remarks on on the movie uh or contact me that way it's cool i'm Great. on there i think i add dean capsalis uh on twitter yeah but you can find me on facebook people do they send me notes i've gotten some really really sweet nice. uh notes from people about the movie and questions about you know how did i do this or you know screenwriting tips or etc yeah and i think the, there should be a physical release of the film uh, sometime this year, maybe in the summer. Oh, Excellent. Awesome. Okay. For those for those that are interested, you know, and we're still working out what you know they want some special features. So everyone's like, "Well, you do a commentary track?" And I'm like, <laughs> Will yeah, you? Probably. You I, 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 I'm thinking about it. I think nice. so. I said, "Well, you know, what do you talk about? What do you give away? What do people want to know? You know, like references or like yeah. how to do." So it's like trying to find a balance. Like, what's it going to be like? I hate those. You know. Commentary test where there's like all this dead air space. Oh yeah, you know, or they just talk about what's going on on screen. Yeah, you know, like well, yep. here we are, and we're in the supermarket, and then you know, and it's like oh, yawn. So yeah. I don't want to do anything like that. And I, I, if I do something, you know, I want to make it kind of interesting for people. So I have to actually maybe go over some movies with that I like with decent commentary tracks and see what how it's done, and then kind of script it out or do an outline. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to what you do next. Um, once again, the movie's called The Swerve. It is available on Amazon Prime Video now. And, uh, Dean, thank you so much for your, for your time and for, um, for chatting with us, and congratulations on, on the film. And, yeah. Um, thank yeah, hopefully everything works out great after the pandemic closes <laughs> and everyone can get back to, back to normal. Yeah. Thanks, Matt and Ben. I yeah, appreciate thank it. You. Thank you very much. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Take it easy. Yep. Yeah. All right. I was the one.
Those are kids in the paper. I ran them off. Okay, and thank you once again to Dean Capsalis for uh, his time and for chatting with us about uh, his movie and his process and everything. Ben, how did you feel about the interview? It was really great. I uh, it was it was really nice to get an inside look at uh, his process and uh, his way of constructing the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you um, to Dean for his time and uh sitting down with us absolutely um all right well coming up on the podcast we have um the next ebert's great movies list uh will be later this month and in between that i don't know i'm gonna try to get kirsten back on the show at some point (laughs) um and i need to get feckus back feckus if you're listening come back please um Uh, I do want to get him on to talk about the Snyder cut when it's released. Oh yes. Yeah. So, but then also that means I'll have to watch the Snyder cut. (laughs) Um, So kind of a double edged sword. Um, but anyway, um, all right. Well, yeah. So I don't know what really is on the docket, but I do want to just promote the Patreon feed. If you go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, if you pledge one or $2, you get access to an RSS feed with just, content recorded specifically for patreon uh mike and i have a full length hour and a half conversation about music that's on there now that i'm actually really excited about and was weirdly nervous about because i don't really talk about music that much but it's our top five favorite songs uh so check that out pledge one dollar or two dollars um and get access to that or if you want to spend more money um, at the five dollar level you'll get access to uh, to all of that plus exclusive commentary tracks that i record um i'm actually really proud because i was able to pump out three commentary tracks in january so um in addition to last year's commentaries and past commentary tracks you get uh access to my commentaries of super bad and uh oh god what else uh pet cemetery 2019 and uh the one that i just did Shaun of the dead so and i'm looking forward to hopefully doing three more um this month hopefully i'm making that a goal for 2021 so we'll see um and then finally if you pledge ten dollars per month you get access to all of that plus early access to episodes as I edit them and also uh, unreleased episodes um, and everything. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks once again to Dean Capsalis and looking forward to see what see what he does next, uh, to seeing what he does next. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. One of my one of my other favorite music moments was when I saw Motion City Soundtrack live. And I had kind of, like, I, I follow them on Instagram and, like, I'd seen, like, every, every show they post, like, the set list and everything. And I had, I remembered reading an interview with Justin where he was like, I like, like happy anniversaries. Like this is where he talked about like how he got the inspiration for happy anniversary. And he's like, that's a shit. That's a song. We'll, we'll probably never be able to play live because it's just too emotional. It's too, it's too tied to my family and everything. And so, oh, wow. yeah. So I'm like going through the, going through the set list on Instagram in the weeks leading up to when I go see them live. 
and I see happy anniversary popping up on it. And I'm like, oh, oh, fuck. Are they, are they going to do this? Are they going to play this live? Am That's I going to awesome. get to see it live? And the coolest thing was like when I was at that show, they, uh, I can't remember the order, but like they played, they played uh, LG Fwad, I guess, Let's Get Fucked Up and Die. And then went right into Happy Anniversary. And I'm like, these are two of my favorite oh. Motion City soundtrack songs. And I got oh, to see them live. It's so awesome. fucking good. So having said that, neither one of those are the number one on my list. Oh, I was going to say, I like, <laughs> I, two minutes ago, I was like, wait, did he say that this was number no. one? Like, I don't think he said. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Feckus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda, at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!